fam. Welcome to Conversations with Randy B. You know, here we keep it raw, we keep it real, we keep it intriguing. Let's get going. LC, happy new year, man. Happy new year. Happy new year to you too. Glad to see another decade. Glad to make it to 2020 safely. You know? <laughs> so what do you think about the 2010s, the 2010s? What would you think about those those times? I mean, it was it, a lot happened. Almost too much. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> no, it's funny. I was actually uh, talking to my wife about it like a day or two ago where it was like, probably for at least for me from like my own personal perspective, felt like the most things in my life personally happened over the 2010s because it's like before mm-hmm. that, before that, because like right, I, I'm thirty, I'm thirty four, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so during that time period, I'm going from like my early twenties to like my early thirties, and everything before that is kind of just like regular school, getting situated in your first little job and whatnot. But then over the last ten years, and you really <laughs> trying to become mm-hmm. an adult now, and then now yeah. you're really understanding the world around you. You know, cult, uh, culture is changing. Social issues are changing. Politics are going crazy. You're starting to get in tune with a lot more things that's happening around you. So, man, the 2010s, it was it was a lot. <laughs> it was real. It was real. You started adulting. Well, so the 2010s, I was trying to think about it myself, like what happened. We came into the 2010s and Obama was our president. He was, right. It was his second term. And he started off great because he killed Osama bin Laden and I think even like the Obama haters had to give him some props for that they tr- they tried not to but they they, they, they had, <laughs> the, the only the, the criticism that I heard which mm-hmm. was, was crazy was like oh they should have got him sooner I was like well if they should have got him sooner then Bush should have done it exactly, he didn't do exactly. It. <laughs> <laughs> well do you think that he was different his second term than his first did you notice a difference or was he about the same in your opinion for me, I thought it was, um, I thought it was pretty much like the same for the most part. If there was mm-hmm. any criticism that I could, that I could give him, it was, it was almost like he was too willing to be, at least like tried, or at least he tried to be bipartisan, which is what he should do, mm-hmm. but it's with a group of people who was, who were not trying to be bipartisan with him. So, oh, yeah. So like he- when you're trying to play, when you're trying to play to both sides, but then the other side won't actually help you right then it just like it, it leads to situations where you know concessions get made you know yeah. certain things that you know you want to get done don't end up getting done so then you like you have situations where you look at us now and we're still dealing with the you know the after effects of the affordable care act where i know what he intended to do but then there's certain concessions he had to make trying to please the other side but then they spent the rest of the decade just fighting them on it <laughs> right <laughs> you know? right 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 yeah I think he did the best he could. I mean, did, I, 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 do too. I think sometimes I do think, when people think he's the president, they thought he could just go in there and wreck shop and it doesn't work like that. You it, know what it, I mean? It, it really, it really doesn't. Cause I mean, look, we could look at <laughs> how the decade ended with the president now. And it's just mm-hmm. like, he's the only reason why things go the way they are is because he's literally shitting on all the trends, shitting on all the protocols. He's just doing, <laughs> just doing <laughs> it. And you know, if Obama had tried that stuff, honey, he would have been gone. Something he would have been, impeached murdered something but he wouldn't have been there i don't know if you i don't know if you um watch this guy joe scarborough on MSNBC. yeah sometimes yeah, uh-huh. yeah yeah no he had a he had a comment that i think accurately describes 
this at least this current time. He was basically saying when the founding fathers, you know, set up the government the way they did, they didn't like they anticipated kind of a tyrannical president, but yeah. they never anticipated a do nothing Congress. Because uh-huh. mm. do nothing Congress is the only reason why the tyrannical president can go about here bugging. Because <laughs> that like, is that's least, deep. If there was at least a few senators or you know representatives who were just like, ah, ah, buddy, buddy, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. then they're, they're like so many things would be cut down at the wayside because you, you can't get away with that stuff. But mm-hmm. here we are. It's like if if you know that this other faction of government is just gonna let you do whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're just gonna keep on pushing the boundaries. It's almost like Why human not? nature. Like it's almost child. human nature. Right. Like, yeah, we we do what we're allowed to get away with most of the time. <laughs> well, know? yeah. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think that there would be a Trump if there had not been an Obama? No. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think it was like a direct response to, you know, like because once again, it's like I'm kind of like a. A, a news buff kind of to a fault sometimes where like yeah. it, I, I drive myself crazy but yeah like I also watch you know stations like Fox News because I like to know what the other like, I like to know what I do saying. too yeah, I, I, re- like, I read it all yes so I remember there was a comment because like you know there was a comment that Tucker Carlson made which oh gosh right right you already know mm, where this is going mm. but it was it was very revealing because it was one of the rare times that I feel like he wasn't putting it on Mm-hmm. But his comments still ended up being probably worse. <laughs> when right. You think about it, because his his whole thing was people like him, essentially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are basically looking around the country and they're seeing people coming to their neighborhoods who don't look like them. And he basically said the change is happening faster yes. than people are comfortable with. I saw that. Yep. And when he said that, I was just like, see, you just explained this entire yep. climate. Everything. You explain, like you explained everything because that's everything. exactly why Trump is here is because it was a reaction to Obama because people look up one day and say, wait a minute, how did this guy right. <laughs> end we up didn't being expect, our president? We expect the power. I mean, it, it was nice in fantasy and we'd like to think that America is really that uh, is democratic and there is everyone has a chance to make it, but we didn't really mean it, mean it. Like, because what, what in the hell? So then you had to have Trump. Right. And and it's and it just and it, and it's it's very illuminating that nobody admitted that we were going in, into this direction until it worked. Mm-hmm. So now that he's right. in there, now everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was on that side. I was I was this is what I was rooting for the whole time. And it's just like, oh, so now you're free to feel like you can do this now because <laughs> like you have. Well, no, go ahead. you know what? Well, what I say, you know, I go around and I train and people talk about this and I said, because I, I typically can see both sides of an issue. I always say nobody wants to give up power. Of I mean, not. it yeah. sounds real horrible, but if, if you're in charge, right, and you see other people coming, then you are going to rebel against that, regardless Absolutely. if you like the people. So you may be welcoming when there's like one person or two people that are different than you that aren't with your posse or your group. But then when it becomes more than your, your group, then you're like, oh, hey, 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 what's going on here? You know, it's funny. It's funny because that that that's similar to like a thought that I always had where it was like people are comfortable with other people succeeding as mm. long as they don't think it impedes on their success. Absolutely. Because it, when, and, they, and as long as it to... doesn't pass them. No, even some people 
as long as they don't pass them. They're, they're comfortable with you succeeding as long as you're not more successful than they are. Right, because then now all of a sudden, what's the problem here? Like, why aren't I in the same position as you? And it's like, well, right. no, you don't automatically <laughs> right. you know, deserve these things just because, you know. Just because, but, but you're used to having it. Right. And then now all of a sudden, somebody it. who doesn't look like you is walking around in the Oval Office. It's like, wait a minute, what's... What's, What's happening, happening here? <laughs> right. And, that, and that's what I, I was actually writing about yesterday about Blue Ivy. That's why people have so many issues with her. But that's getting me out of the 2010s. I'm, I'm, I'm getting off subject. Okay. Obama was big. Social media. Real quick. Social media. This is when Facebook came, Twitter, um, you know, all these Snapchat, all these things. You know, if 2010s aren't about anything else where it completely changed our world, I think social media has had a huge impact. I have so many conflicting feelings about social media. I do too, right? Because it's like, you know, it, it, it's 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 simultaneously great and terrible. <laughs> like yes. you can get so many <laughs> things done, but then right. you you also feel like you're losing your brain cells right. <laughs> every couple of seconds. Right. <laughs> and and you get, I was telling people, I think it's the worst thing though that has ever happened for relationships. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Like I had a friend tell me, um, this guy told me, he said, the thing with relationships, people don't feel a pressure to work them out because they always see a better option online. Like if you look on Instagram, you feel like the world is filled with gorgeous people. So why work hard to, to work on this relationship? Because, you know, there's all these gorgeous people. And no one ever seems to realize None of it's real. <laughs> it's not real. Filter. Man, I hired a um, a makeup artist for my best friend's birthday because she loves makeup. She's into all that. And I found this girl on Instagram. And she, I mean, just gorgeous, right? And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, she's going to really just hook us up. When I tell you that woman showed up at the door and I didn't know who she was, I was like, <laughs> yes, man, I help you. <laughs> and I was like wow this must be what it's like when people do like online dating and all that because you know I, I wasn't of that generation and people are saying they got you know tricked because I'm like between like you know weeds which I have one don't get me wrong I have one in right now flinging it as we talk and, you know, <laughs> makeup and um, you know lighting and filters and all of that you could just make yourself look totally different like it's it's and it's it's funny that reminds me of like a because you know like a lot of these Instagram comedians I saw like one recently where this guy invited you know a girl over to his house based on her profile then mm -hmm. she's sitting on his couch looking absolutely nothing like her profile and he's looking at that. the profile looking at her <laughs> they're both looking at the profile it's like, <laughs> this whole thing is fake like, this, <laughs> but it's like yeah no like I think it's you know, one of the, as, as we were talking about before, the illusion is killing people because it's. It's killing people like, and killing and killing relationships. And it makes people think, I mean, I'm saying even with me, people will say, oh, my gosh, Randy, your life looks so great. And I said, what, what are you talking about? And I realized I just like some people, you know, they post every day for every single thing. I post 
the highlights, right? So it looks like right. my life is one great trip after the other. And they don't realize, I mean, I'm not taking pictures of me doing six loads of laundry a day and cooking dinner and being at the grocery store looking for the best price on beef. Like, you know, I'm right. not recording that. And so they don't see me like telling my teenager off because he missed curfew and, you know, all the stuff that happens with just like life, right? No, no, absolutely. Because it's like, especially for me, like, uh, like the blog that I write mm-hmm. is for the most part, you know, free association where it's whatever I'm feeling at the moment, like it's happening around me. Like I'll talk about it, but then, you know, so, and I, you know, I crack a lot of jokes, all that type of things. But then sometimes like I'll write a post, you know, which I don't divulge a ton about myself all the time, but then Mm -hmm. I do, you know, write a post about something like depression or things like that. And then Mm -hmm. people will be like, Oh snap, this, you know, this is how you feeling for real. And I'm just like, yeah, man. Like, I mean, I'm still, I'm human. <laughs> you know, right. I'm a real person. <laughs> right. But they don't, they don't see that. And so that it's bad on those instances because it presents like this unrealistic lives. But on the other hand, social media has helped with a lot of movement. Done. Well, and also, <laughs> but I'm thinking about like, as far as like doing, um, you know, facilitating like the me too movement and um the the black Black lives Lives matter Matter movement movement. and you know what i'm trying to explain when i go and you know train these companies you keep making these racist mistakes it doesn't just stay right here at abc organization it is known across the country the world in 15 minutes you know if you go and you're at a restaurant and you are mistreated and someone films it it's there and so it's brought to light a lot of things that have been happening in this world that people don't know, didn't know. Well, we knew it. Black folks knew it. But now some people can't deny um, how we get sweated for doing nothing but like breathing, trying to have a barbecue. Right. And it's and it's it's, you know, particularly helpful in the sense that you can see it in so many different places that you can't even you can't even say that this is an isolated incident where people from all different walks of life from all different places around the globe are sharing similar experiences. So you see the common thread and this, like these random social media platforms are bringing it all together. Like somebody can watch like mm-hmm. an, an IG live <laughs> and then see that. Oh, so I, I'm in California. <laughs> and the same thing is happening in New Orleans. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, and then, you know, you think about it. I tell people the impression I got from the world was we would watch cops. Remember cops? Absolutely. They're still, cops. They're still on right and now with the same thing. It, it is. <laughs> it sure is. And you thought that was the way the world works because they would show the cops and those were the good guys. And they would typically show a black person getting arrested. Always so much of the time, black people. Right. And so, you know, you thought, you know, black people were the criminals and uh, cops were typically white and they were the good guys. And now what's so good is that we have brought our own version of cops. And we're like, we pull out our phones and say, no, look at this. And I'm loving that type of reality TV now. Right. Cause, cause at this point, at this point, what it does is we're giving you all the information you need. So mm-hmm. if you still decide to dispute what we're saying, that's a you problem now. So like now right. you really need to look into yourself and say, what is it about my way of thinking that is preventing me from seeing what's clearly, you know, happening to people? Because I remember I had a a debate with a, with a friend of mine, like a like a, like a white friend of mine, like a, a while ago, mm-hmm. and it's just like, and I and I was telling him it's just like one of the things that kind of infuriates black people most of the time. It's one thing to not know. What happens to us? Because if it's 
you know, unless like people aren't always empathetic. So if they're, if it's not happening to them, they don't have a clear, you know, understanding. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, if, if we're explaining something to you, but then you're still rigid in your ways to say that that's not real. You can't oh, well, devalue, without even explaining it you when you're you seeing can't it on video. Somebody's experience, like you can't tell me what's real right. to me. <laughs> yep. Right. Right. And, and that's right, the, but but even when they see it on video, though, that's what kills me. They're like, "I'm like, how are you seeing this same exact video that I'm seeing and saying that there wasn't excessive force used?" That just showed me how people's brains are just so skewed to always think that cops are right no matter what because like because a lot of it a lot of it also comes down to this idea that it's like we're supposed to be a hundred percent docile even when we're in the right right and it's just like we don't when when you've dealt with generation after generation of just dealing with unnecessary aggression Mm -hmm. you you don't want to just be meek and lay down and take it because even then that might not save you. <laughs> well, it hasn't, but it hasn't saved people. That's the thing. Exactly. I mean, those like talks that, that we received, you know, like now I have two black sons. Um, I, before, you know, of course it was, you know, do everything they tell you to do. Don't talk back. All of that, the same talk I got, but now it's also, and record. I want you to start recording immediately because, even if you're the best, I still can't trust that something will pop off. Right, right. Because and it, it's um, it, it's crazy because uh, I want to say a couple of years ago, maybe like 2017, mm-hmm. around the summer, it's like I like it was the last time that I actually got pulled over. Mm-hmm. And when I got when I got pulled over, so like it's a brief story. The situation was this uh, unmarked car just basically stopped in the middle of this intersection. Mm-hmm. So I drove around the car. Mm-hmm. Then they pulled me over and said I was tailgating them. Oh. And, and then four cops jumped out the car with hands on guns and just you know, <sighs> berating me for like the next 20 minutes, asking me how many times I've been arrested and all this other sort of stuff. So that's traumatic, and, though. And, and, it, and, it's just, and it's just like, man, I, I mean, even in that moment where I knew that like I probably should you know, film this thing or something like that. But it was just like, you're, you're frozen in a moment. You're, where I'm pro- just you're like, so scared. I'm letting them know ahead of time. like, Hey, I'm reaching for my wallet. Don't do nothing, please. Like I'm trying to, <laughs> like, I'm trying to go home. Right. Like, it's, you know, and it's just, and when you explain this to people, just like, I mean, if you really want to go buy the book or on paper, I'm probably one of the most quote unquote upstanding citizens you'll find, but mm-hmm. they just automatically assume something wrong. They automatically are aggressive from mm-hmm. the jump. And even even that idea that I have to be quote unquote an upstanding citizen just to be right. treated with respect dignity is unnecessary. Right. Like that. Right. And what the, and, and you know what I what I try to tell people is that, you know, people don't realize or at least people will not admit the trauma that people have to go through every single day. You know, with and not receiving any therapy. They're just just incidents like that. They just say, Oh, that's terrible and they move on. But so yeah, I'm happy social media, I would say one of the best uh, you know, uses of it has been to me that and really capturing real life and holding people accountable. You know, they, they call us the call out culture. We will call you out. Right. And, 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 you know, and I'm, I'm glad that it can, you know, I mean, of course there's always still work to be done. There's always going to be, you know, pushback, but there's fewer and fewer places for people to hide, you know, <laughs> like, right. 
it's fewer places for you to hide. And it's like if you, you keep making noise, eventually people are going to understand what we're saying. So that's the goal. That's the goal, hopefully. You know what I mean? Of course, like we try to be optimistic because if there is no optimism, then all the work is for nothing. You know what right. I mean? If we, if we don't have some semblance of hope that is like, all right, we can eventually break through or get through. So, I mean, that's the only reason why we have to keep on, you know, pushing in the way that we are. What's your favorite social media platform? Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. What do you like? I mean, black Twitter is like the bomb. I mean, we, you know, we run that. But what, what is your favorite platform? If you asked me that question the first half of the decade, I would have said Twitter. Really? Okay. Uh, the last half of the decade, definitely Instagram now. Yeah. Definitely Instagram now. I love Instagram. It's my favorite. I love Instagram. And you know why I like it? Because it's light. Because I'm tired. Like, I can just go on Instagram and look at the picture. People say a little bit, and then I can move on. Like, Facebook, you know, it's just sometimes just too much, too heavy sometimes. Like, like, like at least for me, <laughs> it's, and that's probably a product of all the people that, that I follow, Facebook, it can very easily, every post can very easily turn into an entire discussion. It's like, I don't got time for this right now. Right. I'll come back to y'all later. Like, right. <laughs> I'll come back to y'all later. And, and if you mess around and make the mistake of making a comment and then... A ton of people just end up replying to you, and then it's just like, all right, look, I'm not trying to argue with people. It's like 10:30 in the morning. I got stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, sometimes I will just like slip up and make a comment on some like general stuff. I'll get online, and it'll be like, you know, 200. Right, and like, it's just oh, like, I, crap. And, 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 and then and the thing is, I don't know about you, but the, anytime something like that happens, the first thing I think to myself was, wait, what did I say again? Did I say something wrong? Exactly, like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you just say it very flippantly, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm the same way. And and the thing about Facebook, too, is people put everything on Facebook. So if they're going to the hospital, if somebody died, if they're in a fight with their boyfriends, if they, whatever happens, it's there. Whereas Instagram, <laughs> I think, kind of stays kind of light. Right, because people, you know, are, like, yeah, it's weird, because people seem a lot of times to put their best foot forward on Instagram. Absolutely. Whereas and I, I like Facebook, that. Whereas Facebook, they'll just put anything. Like just, anything. Just literally anything. And I'm trying to, for me, social media, I mean, when I'm on it just for me and not posting, you know, uh, for Randy B, it is an escape. So I don't want to get on there and everything is like heavy and bad. I mean, I'm depressed and everything. And I'm like, forget it, right? Whereas Instagram is kind of an escape. Someone's on vacation. Someone's looking real nice in their new suit they got, you know, going to church. You know, I like that. Right. <laughs> you know, because like, <laughs> you know, like Facebook, like in, in, a, in, a, in addition to people just divulging all of it, either, it's either that or whatever the latest New York Times article or the latest Washington Post article it's just like man like it's, even though like I write about you know all tons of you know topics including you know serious topics sometimes I just want to get these jokes off like I don't want to be serious about exactly <laughs> that's what I'll say it's real funny that me and you have an issue with it and we're like the perpetrators of it like on there yeah, like, 100%, 100%. right <laughs> we're just like, it's like sometimes we log off too like I'm like I'm, I'm, done. Totally. I'm done for now I said my totally. serious point for the day like Okay, so we did social media. What do you think about music of the 2010s, you being a musician? That's a, hmm. Well, let me tell you. I can no, go ahead and tell you. Let me just say, you know, that is, 2010s are when um, EDM became, uh, like, commercially successful. 
And I just think that I think that should be it should just be burned. It should be gotten rid of. It's, I, I hate. <laughs> I, it's, it's, there's something should happen. Like you know, something dramatic needs to happen because it's not met. It's terrible. And now you go out and you're listening to the stuff that just boop, 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 boop. and I think it's for people who have no rhythm, so they can just like bounce around and it doesn't matter because there's no beat. Like it upsets me. I mean, really, I'm, I have a I, I could start a campaign it's, with CDM. I can't stand it. It's, it's all like, like for, for me, I actually, I can, I can safely say, like, I know a lot of people say, I listen to everything. It's like, well, nobody listens to everything, but I, I, I try my best to be aware of all types of genres. And what I can say about at least the people that I know that enjoy EDM, there's also a lot of uh, substances going around too. <laughs> there, so, you know so, what? So that makes it, listen. Things change when you're high. Like, no, totally. Like, no, because, you know, like, my dad was a big um, Jimi Hendrix guy. And, you know, because my dad's deceased, I always try to, like, vibe with him. And I really, I finally realized, I was like, oh, you got to be kind of high. Like, this is different. This <laughs> is different. Okay. And, and the, the, the thing is, though, the craziest thing is, I, like, I had this conversation with, um, like, another friend of mine. I was just like, you can, it's, it's crazy, it's crazy to say, but you can tell what type you can tell what type of drugs are being done by <laughs> the music that's coming out like if that's you, true. you look at like if you look at like a lot of like the the teenagers now or you know like early or like young 20s or what have you you realize that a lot of the music ends up being slowed down mm-hmm. and it feels like just like no it's because like a lot of them are, are drinking that lean and everything just slows <laughs> down. So mm-hmm. that's literally the mode they're all in. And it's just like, when, when you know that, it's just like, all right, this might not necessarily be for me because I'm not doing... I'm not doing that. What so I can't doing. get it. Right. Right. I'm not, like, I'm not doing what, I'm not doing what they're doing. Like, okay, you know what? I, but then that's... I can look back at, like, at least when I say, like, some of my formative years, like, I was... A, yes. Like, I was, like, a young teen in, like, the 90s, for example. So it's like, mm-hmm. if I'm listening to, like, if I'm listening to hardcore rap where they're talking about E and J and I mm-hmm. start drinking E and J, mm-hmm. everything makes sense to me after that. Right, <laughs> right, right. Like, oh, okay, I get it. Then. Or even certain songs that were like sexual, I didn't know like that were sexual. And I mean, one time my mom like literally slapped me in my face because I was singing Prince's song. I'm, you know, we can fuck it till the dawn. Something making love to Terry yeah, song. Yeah. But they didn't say the word. And I, I'm just singing it, right? Like, you know, making the, t- t- and my mom's like, and I was, I really honestly didn't get it. Now I'm like, oh, okay. That's why she was mad. That's why yeah, she was mad. Yeah, I get it. it. It's like a bunch it, of songs. <laughs> it's like a bunch of songs. Like, oh, that's what, even to this day, I learned songs. Like, I didn't know that White Horse was cocaine. What? And it's funny you mentioned Prince because Prince is like literally responsible for the, or if, if you know the story about Tipper Gore. Mm-hmm. Like she created the group that eventually started putting the parental advisory stickers on albums. Yes, yeah. Because she heard "Darling Nikki" from Prince, it was like, "Wait, wait a minute, what is my daughter saying?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you just you brought up like one of the most significant events that happened in twenty the twenty tens is Prince passing. No, like my friends actually called me. Like my friends and my wife, they actually called me and they're like, "Are you are you okay?" Because like I'm literally that's my favorite artist. No, I, I was flying. I was flying to New York to meet my girls. White woman sitting next to me starts crying. Right, I'm like, "What's wrong with her? What's going on?" Right, she had read that Prince had died, 
right? And then they announced it. I, I, it oh my gosh. One thing I will say, I'm happy I met my girls in New York and I was happy I was in New York because New York did it right. Like it, it, we turned New York purple. You know, right? I yeah, mean, I remember like that. I, I'm pretty sure like the Empire State Building did that, right? Yeah, the Empire yeah State it was like oh, and then purple. like Brooklyn. I mean, every oh my gosh, it was just so incredible. It, it was very healing to be in New York at that time. And and the thing that that tripped me out the most about it too was like, well, one, I didn't know that he had, you know, a substance abuse problem at all, which started from, you know, his back. He had like hip surgery and then that yeah the, yeah like, i wouldn't say it i guess it was a substance abuse problem but he was really sep- trying to get away from pain and yeah he was he trying was, to, but, but see that but they, they always tell you like those pills would just they they end up doing a number on you yes. but then, but it was like, but i like the thought that hit me is like if you look at like a at least like i, I think maybe mike died in 09 and i forgot what year whitney died Mm-hmm. But then it was just like literally three of the biggest artists we've ever produced Gone. <laughs> within pretty much a 10 year period of each other all died from things that were drug related. And that's I was like, true. that is insane. Like that's that really is. Insane. And it's it's sad that it's like, at least for musicians, just decade after decade, mm-hmm. that story just seems to keep on repeating itself. Like it just like drugs just and into our entertainers into like just just it just keeps on it keeps on and not just like you know for black people just musicians and entertainers in general it's just something about like these these drugs find a way in (laughs) well you know you think about the pressure to always be on you know and not just be on but you're responsible for making an entire stadium of people happy and feel you and feel better i mean every single night night after night after night i mean for me i have to glad you know some days I have to grab a glass of wine just to get through homework. You know, back in the day, my kids are older now. But, you know, you have a bad day at work. You got to come home and be, you know, pleasant to your children. You know, I'm sipping on that wine just for that. Right. So I can't even imagine, you know, if I was responsible for, you know, all of that. I just cannot even imagine. Absolutely. Because it's just like entertaining people. But then you also think about the, the, the level of staff they have. They're just like, so like everybody eats depending on when you work. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, right. Like that's, that, that's a lot of pressure. It's like, so I, I get like, I get it. It's just, it's, it just all ends up being bad. It's just like you, you, you hate for your, your favorites to end up being the quote unquote tragic story, you know? That's right, exactly. And I, and I didn't think Prince would be it. I mean, that little man was invincible. You know what I mean? I, I really thought he was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he wasn't supposed to die. Right. Like Not that wasn't supposed to happen. That wasn't supposed to happen. Well, I think that we have summed up the 2010s and given our predictions for the 2020s uh, pretty well. We'll uh, do it again soon. And I'm going to hopefully some people like, you know, hit us up and let us know what they think. Absolutely. I appreciate talking to you, my brother. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for the time. Thank you to everybody (laughs) out there listening. We're coming back. Please. We're coming back. back. Have a good one. Happy New Year to everybody. Well, that's a wrap, fam, with this episode of Conversations with Randy B. We will chat with you next time. In the meantime, you can find me at randyb.net, randy underscore underscore b on Instagram, or randyb on Facebook. Catch up with you later. Take care until then.